All right, today I'm recording an episode about depression. This is going to be my first episode, hopefully. Obviously, I have the teaser episode, but aside from that, this will be my first official long episode. If it's too long, it'll be two parts. Um, yeah, I am very, very nervous to do this episode and record it because I have a lot that I want to say about it and I didn't write anything down. I didn't hash out this episode beforehand like I have with some of my other episodes and I just have like bullet note bullets on my phone about like the things that I want to touch on and then I'm going to just wing it. So let's do this. A quick rundown about what this episode is going to be about. I'll start off by telling a story about how I realized I had depression and what was my the lowest low for me in regards to depression. And then I'll talk about what it's like for people who have depression, kind of what it feels like, what you go through, how you can get out of it, things that help or don't help how you can help people or not help people who have depression and a little bit of other stuff in between that. So without further ado, here is my episode and my experiences with being depressed and depression. So I'll start by saying everything that I say in this episode is really just my experience with it. So If you have depression and you're like, that's not what it's like for me. Yeah, it's not because it's different for everybody. Um, So this is just my experience with it. So let's just go back to the beginning. In junior high-ish and high school, I remember always dreading summer. And I hated the feeling that I had when school was about to end. And back then, I didn't know what that feeling was. I just knew that it always made me sad that the summer was coming because that means that I didn't get to see people at school every day and I would be alone, I would be bored, wouldn't have anything to do, would just like sit in my room, be unproductive. Most of my friends would be gone like on vacation or whatever it is. And so I just remember hating summer. And I think that carried through. If you know me, you know that like summer is my least favorite season still to this day. I love winter and fall. And I think that I still just have that mentality from when, how I remember I used to feel about summer when summer was coming and school was ending. And looking back now, that was depression. And I had no idea back then, like, To me, it was just like, oh, I hate summer. I don't know why everyone likes it. It makes me so sad and this weird feeling that I don't, I don't know where to put these feelings. And yeah, it was, those are all like signs of depression, but I wasn't formally diagnosed with depression until my senior year of high school slash summer after high school. So here's how it went down. And I am going to go in way more depth with the story I'm about to tell in like another podcast and I haven't gotten permission or whatever to use anybody's name so I'm not going to use names in the story um and this is one of my fears about this podcast is saying how I felt in a certain situation but that's not other people's point of view or how it is from another person's story um and I'm scared of them listening to this episode and being mad at me so whatever, because this is my podcast and this is my story and how everything that affected me. So senior year of high school, I had like three best friends. One of them was a boy. Two of them were girls. I, I'm going to try to make this story actually pretty short because it's pretty long, but the, one of the girls and the boy dated my junior year of high school and I don't think I was like really best friends with them at this point I was best friends with a girl but the boy I didn't I had never really hung out with him that much and then 
the boy and the girl broke up at some point. I don't know. Um, then I became really close with the boy. And, like, all the way through my senior year, we were, like, best friends. And I remember thinking, like, I want to date him because we're, like, so compatible. And I hung out with him all the time anyway. But he had dated my best friend. So there was, like, this, you know, girl code or whatever you want to call it. And... I remember the moment I was driving with her in my car. I was driving. I remember exactly what street we're on. We were passing one of the middle school or elementary schools. I I remember this day so clearly. Like I remember exactly what she said, exactly what I said. And I just remember asking her like, hey, I really like this guy. And I know you guys dated, and I know that's really weird, and if you don't want me to date him, I understand that. Like, I shouldn't even be asking you this. And her response was very positive, and I was very shocked. I was like, what the heck? Like, I just thought I was going to have to let this guy go, not be friends with him anymore, whatever. And her, her response was just very like, oh my gosh, like, I want you guys to date. Like I was actually like wanted to tell you that like I think you guys are really good together and I really want you to date. Like I it would make me happy if you guys dated. And it was a very positive response and I was like, "Wow, this went so much better than I thought it would." Great. So we started dating. Altogether, I think we dated for a long time. He's the longest the longest relationship I've ever had. So we dated for a while, like maybe it was, I don't even remember when we started dating, maybe like in October or something, all the way through till when we graduated. And everything was great, you know, like he was my first real relationship, real boyfriend. I was still friends with the girl and everything was fine. So then fast forward to like March ish march or april and things just started getting really weird uh, i'll fast track this a little bit but people would tell me like oh did you know that girl went over to boy's house and i was like what like that seems very weird like i'm dating this guy and his ex-girlfriend's going over to his house behind my back like i didn't I didn't even know about it. Like somebody else told me. And I distinctly remember, sorry, I'm just like trying not to like be disrespectful to anybody in this story um, without being like super mean because that's how I felt in the moment. It was like super mean and it doesn't mean that I have these feelings about those people right now. But looking back, I felt like so angry and it like, it still affects me to this day, this whole thing that went down but anyway I distinctly remember a lot of things a lot of like like moments we went to Disneyland for our senior night senior grad night and he was like pretty much my only friend at this point because dang I don't know how to like this story is like so all over the place and I only remember like bits and pieces of it And so the timeline is not going to make sense. But this is not that important to the depression episode. Like I said, I'll probably go in a lot more detail later about this whole incident. But basically, the girl best friend ended up liking my current boyfriend again after they had already dated and broken up. And I truly believe that in high school, she wanted things that she could not have that like She saw someone had something and then she wanted that. And she saw that, I need to think of like fake names for these people, but she saw that boy, my boyfriend, had matured, grown up. I don't know what it was, just different from when she dated him. And she decided that she likes him and wants him and hated me for dating him and wanted me to break up with him like she literally would send me texts saying that she wants me to break up with him and I remember this is how it all blew up I think it was like spring break or something and I had texted her asking if she like how things are going with this other guy that she likes 
And my purpose in doing that was to try to find out if she liked my boyfriend. And she just blew up at me and was saying just like all these things, how like you're only asking because you don't want me to like him, like your boyfriend. And I don't know. It was like insane. I was like, I can't believe that she said this. Like I read the text to my mom. I was texting my other best friend. I was like freaking out that she just like went ham on me and went crazy. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, this is my boyfriend that I've been dating for like six months. Like I, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. You might be saying like, well, you dated your best friend's ex-boyfriend. So that's your problem. But Let's just remember that I'm in high school. I had not matured in my mind <laughs> yet. And she said that it was okay. So anyway, basically me and her were not friends anymore. We hated each other. It was like horrible. And then things just kept happening. So we went to grad night to Disneyland and me and him were, my boyfriend, were the only like it was just me and him the whole night. Everyone else had like groups of friends, but I felt so isolated from my other group of friends because she was friends with those people. And so like she was hanging out with all of them. And so me and I'm just going to say Jack is his name. Okay. So me and Jack were just like so isolated from everybody else. I felt isolated. I felt really awkward because I wanted to hang out with my other friends, but I couldn't because she was there and she hated me and she liked my boyfriend and just, it was a mess. So then he, like, I think at one point she started crying, like, and like throwing a fit. And when I would hold Jack's hand or something, she would get mad. And just like when I did normal things that girlfriends do with boyfriends, she would just get angry. And he was so nice and didn't want to make any confrontation or make anybody mad that he would go over and talk to her and try to like make her not mad anymore. And that pissed me off. And I was like, why do you care? Like I'm your girlfriend, not her. This is all like typical, typical high school stuff. And I just remember I was so angry at him by the end of grad night because she had made it so difficult. And that was like one of the incidents. Another incident was at prom when like, I think they danced. I think her and, um, Jack like actually had a dance together and we were all in the same group at this point. So maybe we weren't, we were, we were still friends. I don't, I don't remember the timeline of things, but it was just very awkward. And I knew that she liked him and it was just really weird. Okay, so then we have graduation day. Graduation practice is in the morning. All of a sudden, she's crying. And like our friends are around her, like soothing her. And I'm like, what is going on? And Jack was over there and she she said something to him. And then he comes over to me and is like, I don't know, she's mad about something, but I can't tell you. And I think later I found out that she, she told him to break up with me. And I just remember everybody being really mad at me that day, like all of her friends. So then I drove him to where he needed to be dropped off and he broke up with me. And I was like, what? I was so shocked. I like did not understand what was happening and it affected me so badly. So I go home. I'm like, mom, he just broke up with me. I don't know what to do. It's literally graduation day. I have to graduate that night. And I'm just crying in the shower for hours. And like, I have to start getting ready for graduation. My mom is like, do you want food? And I'm like, no, like, I don't want to eat. I don't want to do anything. I think I laid in bed like all day until graduation. I was holding back tears all graduation night and day. And then like the next morning I found out that him and her had hung out that night, like graduation night. And like, I didn't do anything on graduation night because I didn't have any friends because all my friends were Jack's friends and her friends. And I obviously was not going to hang out with them. And so I felt very isolated that night. It was like just horrible. 
Actually, I think I hung out with my other best friend, but yeah. So then all summer, um, I remember just like clinging to my mom like crazy. Like this is the summer that I am going to college. Like it was such a stressful time. And then I had broken up with my boyfriend and he probably cheated on me at some point with her when it was all going on. And he did a lot of, like, he hung out with her behind my back. I know he did that. Like, people literally told me that. And so now we'll cut to, like, just how I was feeling that whole summer. I I don't know. It was so, so bad. I remember just laying in bed every single day, like, every hour. And that summer, I lost 20 pounds. I think I lost 20 pounds in, like, a month or two months. I probably ate, like nothing every day. I ate like a couple bites of food every day because I was so depressed. And I remember watching Sunny with a Chance of Meatballs a million times because that was like that movie just made me happy and took my mind away from things. And I'm getting emotional <laughs> like remembering that time because it's so dark for me. And I'm like, I'm barely starting to work through high school in therapy right now. And so I haven't really like talked through this or like really healed that much from um, everything that happened. So I'm probably going to cry through this whole episode. But I remember watching that and The Office a lot, a lot, a lot. And like my mom would come in and say like, you need to eat. And I'd be like, I'm not hungry. Like, don't talk to me. And like, um, there was one, one day, like I was just laying in my bed and I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm so, I just felt so numb to everything. And like, you, you don't want to do anything. Like, you can't get up. You don't want to do anything that you love doing. And I just remember getting up and going in the living room and being like, Mom, you need to make me a therapist appointment, like, right now. Like, I can't do this. And, like, I mean, my mom, I don't. I can't speak for my mom, but like I don't think her generation is very open to mental health. Like they just don't understand it as much as we do right now, and so I don't think she like she's just like you don't need it. Like like I don't know, and so I basically just forced her to make me an appointment because I needed to get on medication, and I knew that I did, or else it was going to be so bad, and um. So she made me an appointment and I went and saw a psychiatrist, I think. So it's not a therapist. Like you don't talk back and forth like about how you're feeling. They just kind of ask you some questions and then they prescribe medication basically. So I got on medication right before I went to college. It was probably like a week before I moved to Utah. No, before we start talking about medication, I want to go back to the summer and I want to talk about like my friends. Um, my friends were like very supportive of me and like they tried to get me out of the house. Um, they like left notes on my doorway, like my doorstep, like why am I so emotional about this? Um, I remember being at one of their houses and I like we had pizza or something and she literally stood in front of me and was like, you need to eat this. And she like forced me to eat and it just like means so much when you have friends that know how to help you. And they, like, I'm getting so much more emotional than I thought I would talking about this. They would invite me out to do things. And my main thing was, like, I hated being alone. Like, I did not want to be by myself in my room. 
So I would go with my mom to work and like just sit in her office. And I, talking about it and looking back on it, I feel so like pathetic. And I remember my mom like was starting to get mad with me doing that because she's like, you're going to go to college. Like I'm not going to be here forever. Like you need to be by yourself and you're going to move eight hours away. And that like made me so mad. I like remember I started crying when she said that because I was like realizing that I actually am going to college and um, I won't like be around my mom anymore or like my friends and I'm not going to have any friends there because I didn't know anybody at the school. And it was just like a very scary time. And I followed my mom around like a puppy dog. Like I never left her side and it was like so bad and the same thing with my friends like I just always wanted to be doing something to keep my mind off of it but then there were the times I was just like by myself alone laying on my bed watching the office for like all hours like I would get up and take a shower or something and then go right back to it and I literally don't remember eating like at all and I look so unhealthy in those pictures. Like when I look back at them, I'm like, oh my God, like I look so unhealthy and I was unhealthy because I was depressed. And that whole experience, like it sucks that I had to have such a traumatic experience happen to me to to assure me that I had depression pretty much and to like verify like yes you have you have depression obviously and that at that time that's when I started looking back and being like yeah I I all of these things in the of me hating the summer are were signs of depression this whole time and but I always just thought it was because like well I'm not like I don't have friend like friends during the summer because I don't go to school every day and see them um So then I went to school and for some reason, I don't know if my psychiatrist told me to do this or where I got this idea from, but I felt like I had to tell my roommates that I had depression. And I think it's because it was so bad that I was like scared of if I go back to how I was like a month ago, um, and like laying in bed, skipping classes. If that happened, I wanted them to know why, I think. So I remember telling like the first couple days of that we moved into the dorms, I was like, hey, well, I have depression. I'm on medication. I just want you to know. And I also remember um, Shannon, who's one of my best friends right now. She is actually like the first person I met at SUU. And she lived down the hall from me. Ew, that was like a disgusting throat bubble thing that happened. Um, She lived down the hall from me. And so I remember telling her and her roommate, Marisa, about it too. And I remember saying like, hey, I have depression. I'm on medication. But I need you guys to make me do things. Like I can't be by myself alone. Like make me go out and do things. And... um yeah, the medication really helped. And I was on medication. I, again, I don't remember like specifically when I was on medication or when I was off medication, but I do know that I went on and off of it several times throughout my whole like college journey, journey. I don't know why I call it that my whole college years. Um, because I would get so good where I'm like, I don't need the, I don't need to be on this medication anymore. And back then that was 2011. So it wasn't that long ago, but I felt like it was still embarrassing to have mental health. The way that people reacted to it was very standoffish and they're like, Oh, kind of like, Oh, like that's something we don't talk about. And like, why'd you tell me that kind of thing? And so the fact that I was on medication for this mental health embarrassed me a lot. And so when I felt like I was good, I would get off of it. 
And there were times, I'm starting to think that maybe Wellbutrin wasn't the first medication that I was put on because I do remember trying like a million different ones before finding one that worked. And Wellbutrin is like the only one that does work for me. And then every doctor I went to after that, I was like, no, put me on Wellbutrin. Like, I know that that works for me and I don't want to try anything else. Like, because I need this medication right now. Um, I just knew, I don't know how to explain it, but I just knew when I needed to get back on my medication. And it was usually because of a trigger. And I'll talk about my triggers right now. Um, my triggers for anxiety and depression are pretty similar, but... For depression especially, it's like abandonment or isolation, um, which usually coincides with relationships. And so I went, I have a period in college that I call like the dark times because it was like about three years that I did not have any close friends. And that was as a result of my sophomore year um, roommate's kind of abandoning me and leaving me and of course they don't see it like this again I don't want to say anything bad about anybody but there is like a huge just blow up between me and one of my roommates and it kind of divided the apartment and um I'll talk about all of that in another episode too but basically the next year we were all we're some of us were looking for a house together and I was I think I was going home for the summer or I don't know I was leaving so I needed to find a house like right away so I just found this house and I was like I'm moving in here you guys can move in or not and signed the contract and they found other housing arrangements basically I felt so isolated from them and I mean they were all my best friends and then I didn't live with them anymore. And I thought that everything was going to go right back to how it, how it was when we lived with them. Like I was still going to just go over to their house all the time and hang out with them. And short story for this one incident that happened, I had made plans with, she was my best friend at the time. And we made plans to like hang out on a Saturday or something like that. And so I woke up Saturday morning. I was like, Hey, when are you coming over? She didn't respond for a couple of hours or like a couple of hours went by and she still, I still hadn't heard from her. And then, um, so I like texted her again. I'm like, Hey, are we still hanging out? She didn't respond. So I called her. She didn't answer. Then I called like some of her roommates and she was living with like three guys. And then the girls that I had lived with the previous year and nobody was answering and it got to the point where they were like screening my phone calls like it would ring one time and then it would go to voicemail and I'm like why is everyone ignoring me and that feeling of isolation is so awful and it's so triggering for me and I'm gonna start crying again probably um because it's one of my triggers um but just that feeling so alone where like you're your friends who you think love you so much, they do anything for you, are ignoring you and literally do not want to hang out with you. And even though they made plans with you to hang out and um, then I eventually called one of the girls that was out of town for the weekend. I was like, hey, they're not answering me. Like, is something going on? So she called them and then she called me back and they just said they want quote unquote roommate time and basically don't want to hang out with me. And at that moment, that's when I realized I have like, I have to move on. They aren't my friends anymore. Like, of course they're my quote unquote friends, you know? And like, I still talk to them you know, like I, there's no bad blood, but like at that moment I was like, um, yeah, they're not as good of friends as I thought they were. Like people don't do that if they're your friends. And so I think around that time I got back on medication, um, because I had lost one of my best friends because we got in a super when I say lost, I don't mean that she died. Um, 
but I just cut her off as a friend because she was a negative energy in my life that I did not need at that time. And then I lost all of my friends, like all, everybody. And I just had to start from scratch. So I felt so alone, isolated. I was always in my room. I watched Grey's Anatomy, like the whole, however many seasons it was at that time in like a week. And it was just like, ugh, it was so bad. I don't like thinking about those times either because I didn't know where to turn. And I didn't talk to any of my current roommates. We all had our own rooms. We all just like stayed in our rooms and didn't talk to each other. And so I know that I got back on medication around that time because isolation is a trigger for me. And I was alone without very many friends to talk to. Um, and then relationships in general are triggers for me. Um, and kind of dating is a trigger for anxiety for me, but I'll talk about that in the anxiety episode, but relationships are triggers for me. Like when a relationship ends, so a friendship that ends is a trigger for me, or, um, if I'm dating someone and they break up with me, that's a trigger for me. Um, and I think these are triggers for me because of the first incident that happened my senior year of high school, because that's like what is a spiral for everything, like all everything that is involved with my depression. And yeah, so like relationships are hard for me. Losing friends are hard for me. Um, just like being alone or being the only one who is XYZ is triggering for me. Moving up to Salt Lake was very hard for me. And another thing is stress um, triggers my depression and anxiety. And depression and anxiety trigger each other. So if I am anxious about something, then most likely, if I'm really anxious for a couple of days, then I'll be super, super down. Um, down or low meaning depression is really bad. I'll usually be really low like the next day or the next week because the anxiety triggered that. Um, And stress triggers my anxiety. So it's all just like a domino effect. And moving up to Salt Lake was so stressful for me. In fact, the whole year of 2018 was very stressful for me with like graduating, finding a job, moving up to a new city, just getting adjusted to everything, finding an apartment, buying a new car, all these things that I did were so stressful. And I, my anxiety just spiked so much and I did have some lows, but it was never, I have never, ever, ever been as low as I was that summer before college. And I am so thankful for that because that is, I'm so scared to ever, ever, ever go back to that point. And there have been times when I'm like, oh my gosh, like I am getting, I'm getting close to like being back in that spot and then I need to change something. And my sisters know about it and my sisters are like my number one people that I can talk to like when I'm starting to get low because they also deal with mental health and have mental health um, issues. I don't know, mental health problems. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. And so they can relate and they won't judge me because they're my family. And then I also have two really, really good friends that both deal with the same things and or have before. And so I can always talk to them as well. My point with telling you about my sisters and my friends is I think that's a huge thing that helps when you have depression and you're in a low is to reach out to the people that you know will help you and only you know what is going to help you. I still think, I think that's so true. You're the only person that can get you out of it. Um, Like you can talk to other people, but they're not going to say what you want to hear. And that's just how it is. Um, at least for me. So, um, just finding friends that will force you to eat and force you to go out or force you to get out of bed, force you to go on a walk, force you to 
listen to music or just sit in silence with you, whatever it is, I think that's one of the biggest things you can do to help yourself if you have depression is get friends who you can relate to or just someone who knows what it's like to be in that situation. I'm not saying anything bad about anybody who doesn't have depression, who wants to help you. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but I'm going to talk about my low that I had in September. It was just one night that all of a sudden I was like, whoa, like I am so depressed and this is a low and I need to get out of it right now or it's going to get way worse. So what I did, I like, I remember just sitting on my bed and thinking like, who can I text? I want to text Shannon, but no, I'm not going to text her. I want to text Sarah, but no, I'm not going to text her. And I think I texted my friend Megan and my younger sister. And those are the only two people I texted and they were not responding to me. And so that kicked in one of my triggers of isolation, thinking that they are not responding to me. So I'm alone. Um, I hope that isolation trigger makes sense. But anyway, um, they weren't responding. And I'm like, okay, I need to get out of this myself. And so showers are something that are very helpful to me. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why. But if I need to feel better, I take a shower. And I'm sure my roommate hates that because of our water bill. But I just put on a, I don't even remember what playlist. It was like a happy tunes playlist or something like that. Turned it up really loud, got in the shower for as long as my hot water would allow it. Then I got out and then I tweeted this and I actually went back and found this tweet from September. So I'm going to read it to you. I haven't read it since I wrote it. It says tonight was a rough, all caps, rough night for me. But I learned that you can really only count on yourself in the worst times because you know you best. And if people unintentionally let you down or are otherwise occupied, it can make it worse. So you do you, boo. You're strong enough and are enough. Um, That's the first tweet that I sent out. And so I was talking about like my sister was busy and couldn't text me back. So she's unintentionally letting me down like just because she would was temporarily unavailable when you have depression you think that that people are purposefully doing these things to you even though in the back of your mind you know that they aren't (laughs) they aren't doing that but you feel like personally attacked by it so then I started the thread and I said sorry here's a thread on how I felt tonight I don't care if you read it because it's mostly for myself on the Jen Gotch scale of depression listen to Jen Gotch is okay sometimes she also talks about depression and anxiety on her podcast so I say on the Jen Gotch scale of depression 7.8 is the best 10 is manic I was probably like a 4.3 but felt like a 3.6 3 is the worst I've ever been So this scale, I was saying three is the situation I was in the summer. The summer before college was a three. And Jen Gotch explains it way better. I think one is like suicidal, like the point of the act of it. Two is very bad. Like you need immediate help. Like you need to call a support line or something. Um, and then three is right before that where you're numb and you just can't move. You want to be in bed, but you don't want to be in bed. You can't do anything that you like doing. And then it just goes up from there. Um, so I'm saying I was probably a 4.3, but felt like a 3.6. Um, the, the tweet continues. I texted a few people, very few, like three people, and none of them were responding, which put me into a more panic slash depressed state, borderline, quote, no one can help me with my problems, unquote. I went through a zillion people, even only people I know on Twitter that I could reach out to but didn't, because I went through scenarios in my head of how they would respond, which all resulted in them not knowing how to respond in a way that would actually make me feel better and calm me down which is not their fault. 
I could only think that everyone would get weird and awkward in my depressed cry for momentary help. Then I got angry because everyone on Twitter or wherever always subtweets to friends and loved ones saying they're always there for them and please, please reach out if you need someone, but would they even know what to say if I reached out and needed them? For the record, I'm not at a 4.3 anymore. I'm at about 5.4, which isn't too bad. Anyway, I then told myself, quote, you know how to get yourself feeling better and you can only rely on yourself right now because it's already in your head that no one else can help and no one was responding to my texts. So I lit a joy and happiness candle, put on a happiness indie playlist and took an hour long shower. And if that didn't work, I would have gone on a walk or driven up the mountains and that's what makes me feel better. I need every single person to know that I am there for you. And if you don't feel like reaching out to me or anyone else, then know that you can get yourself out of hard ruts. You're a strong man or woman and can do things you don't know you can yet. What will make you just a tiny bit happier? Playing music, lighting a candle, playing with your dog. Just do one small thing to move you in the direction of feeling better and go from there. I love you guys and that's all I have for tonight. That was my tweet, my long tweet. And I'm really glad that I did tweet that because it like put into words exactly what I was feeling at that moment. And so I'm going to go back and talk about something really quick. So I, I said in here like about people that tweet that they're always there for you and you, like to reach out when you are feeling alone or something like that. And I don't know why it makes me so mad when people tweet that. And obviously I tweeted it too, like in this thing, but I just urge people to not say that unless you mean it because I have had several people I talked about this in my intro I think several people that I know have committed suicide and I don't know why but every time someone commits suicide people tweet mass tweets saying you're not alone you're loved reach out to me I'm always here for you you can talk to me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know why those tweets bother me so much. I don't know if I'm the only one. I don't know if this, if a lot of people feel like this, uh, but they just make me mad because I don't know if they really mean it. And like, if you are a person that has tweeted those things before, that's fine but just mean it. Like you need to be prepared for someone who is in such a low that they need to talk to someone, which is a, I think if you need to reach out to someone, especially like a stranger or not even a stranger, but someone you don't really talk to that much, you're at a low where like you need someone to pick you up and carry you. And I don't think people realize that when you tweet that stuff, at least me, people with depression really read into that and they really put that in the back of their mind. Like, oh, so-and-so tweeted this. If I ever need someone, I'm going to text to this person. And you need to be prepared to respond to that person and help them. Like you can't just throw out these invites because depression is so serious and being low is so, so hard to get out of by yourself even though I said I did say that you're the only person that can really get you out and I believe that but it's nice to help have support so just be ready if you tweet that stuff you need to be ready to show that love to that person and show that support to that person not just say hey generally speaking all of you people that are reading this are loved and you're not alone and you're not isolated okay but you didn't invite me to this party. So you're actually saying that I am isolated from you or whatever it is. So like you need to be actively showing that your tweet is, or you saying that is true. Um, That's why it bothers me so much. Like you need to just show that if you're going to tweet it or be ready to respond and know how to respond to someone when they're coming to you when they're low. I think I've repeated this 
same thing like 20 times in the last 10 minutes. From someone who has been in a low, I've texted people and people have responded saying, I don't know how to help you. I've had that response before and that's fine for me because if I'm texting someone that is going to respond to me, I usually know that they're going to say that back to me um, because I know that they don't have experience with depression. Um, but I've gotten that response where like, I don't know how to help you or I'm sorry. I've gotten that response before. And then I've also gotten helpful responses. I mean, I'm not saying those aren't, I mean, they're not really helpful, you know, saying I'm sorry is not, that, is not helpful. But like, I don't know for me, what would be helpful if I texted somebody and said like, I am at a super low, if that person immediately came over to my house and sat with me or just was physically with me, that would help. Or if they just knew, usually I only text people that are very close to me. So they usually know what I like and what I don't like, or like what makes me happier. So they'll like, tell me, go on a walk right now or do this. Um, But like I said, there's not a lot of things that other people can do to help you. You kind of just have to ride the wave until it's over. But like I said in my tweet, just do things that will push you in that direction of getting out of that wave. So just listening to music that uplifts you or watching a show that takes your mind off of it, um, keeping yourself busy and all of these things are, I don't know. When you're in a super, super low, none of that is going to help you. And just being in a low, like a three, I remember literally nothing would get me out of it. And I would just try to do things to move me towards that. So a friend would invite me out. And even though I hated it and did not want to go out because I was so depressed, I forced myself to go out because it's, you're getting fresh air, you know, you're doing what you need to do. So anyway, I'm trying to think of other things that that people can say to someone who's in a low that will help, but honestly, not a lot that I can think of. So that's why I am just warning you, please be careful if you are going to text. Like I am so adamant about this because it makes me so angry when someone tweets that I'm here for you. Text me if you need me because I know If I was in a super low and I texted a person that tweeted that, they would not know how to help me. And that's not their fault because they don't know me. And, but at, and at the same time, there's not a lot you can do to help someone that's in a low like that. And I, I almost think it's like continuous stuff that you can do like throughout everything. Like in my quote unquote dark days of college, what would kind what would trigger me is seeing people that I viewed as friends having a party or a game night or going to some bonfire or something at night. And I would see it on their Snapchat and nobody invited me. And like that happened for like three years where like I, nobody invited me to anything. And I really felt so alone and isolated. And like, I had no friends. And I told my therapist this last week that I felt like I was latching myself onto people that already had groups of friends. And that's why like I didn't get invited to some stuff was because like they didn't think to invite me because I wasn't in their like I'm not in their original or initial group of friends. And it's very hard to to think of people like that. And it's very hard to have that mentality of like, oh, we should invite this person and this person. Um, because you just like, it's human nature. Like you just don't think about that. You only think about people that you see every day and you hang out with all the time. So I don't blame anybody for at the time. Of course I was angry and did blame people, but looking back, you know, like it's not their fault. It's nobody's fault. Um, yeah, the social media thing was like the last thing. And I just get like fired up every time I bring it up because I've seen people that are like, people that I know and consider friends who never hang out with me or never invite me to something. But here they are tweeting out this tweet to anybody who's reading it saying that like, 
they want to be your friend and they're there for you and they love you and all of this stuff that I've said over and over. But in real life, they're not, they, they aren't saying that. It's like, it's like words versus body language. It's like real life versus what you're saying on Twitter. And I don't know. It's just not helpful <laughs> unless you really, really mean it. So anyway, if you don't have depression or have never dealt with it before, just hopefully this episode helped you understand it a little bit better. Um, being, it's, I don't know, it's just being in a low is something that you can't, like, you can't just, you can't just go to the gym, like, because you don't want to get out of bed, and it's just, it's like, depression is, like, just a huge weight that's on you saying, like, no, I'm not letting you get up, and it takes every ounce of energy that you have left, which depression actually drains you a lot, naturally so it takes anything that you have left to just get out of bed and like sometimes in the summer in my before college I like didn't even shower for like three days because I didn't even want to get up so it's not just like you can't just say like oh just can't you do something that makes you happy yeah I would love to do something that makes me happy but depression's not letting me so I can't just get up and go do that um but I do try when I I try to recognize the signs before and say like okay I think if I don't fix something right now I think I'm going to be depressed really depressed and in a low in a couple of days so I need to do something now so then I'll go on a walk or try to keep myself constantly busy for like all day to keep my mind off of the fact that I'm probably going to be depressed soon. Hopefully this episode was okay. I feel like it kind of dragged on or I know my boyfriend's story was longer than I than it should have been. And I hope that I said everything that I want to say in this. Hopefully it makes sense and hopefully it helped somebody out there kind of know what it's like to be depressed and how you can help or maybe not even help which is okay it's okay if you can't help somebody um just being there for them and like really really being there for them helps or just being physically there with them to know they're not alone helps yeah so that was the depression episode i'm glad that i finally got this out and thank you for listening Bye-bye. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Sometimes in Shambles. The intro music was done by my friend Lucas Kathy, and the artwork was done by me, myself, Melissa. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.